The following program is furnished by Startup Nation Media Group. Welcome to this edition of Startup Nation Radio. Now, today we're focused on, you know, we, we love to make the promise that we're going to check back with various entrepreneurs and find out where they are and how far they've come. It's one thing to tell the story early, but it's another thing to follow up later and see if, in fact, what the entrepreneur had hoped for, or expected, dreamed of, is actually playing out the way it was intended and hoped for, as I said. And so today we're going to revisit an entrepreneur who we talked to about a little over a year ago. It was in December of 2019. Now, this particular entrepreneur was already well on his way to success when we checked in with him the first time, but has come a long way since, gotten through the pandemic and on a path to growth. We've got Chris McQuiston. You're the CEO and co-founder of Goldfish Swim School of Troy, Michigan. Hey, Chris, welcome back to Startup Nation Radio. Jeff, thanks for having me back. Yeah, yours is a great story. Where was the first location again? And when was that? In 2009, was it? No, it was actually 2006. We were on Cole Street in Birmingham. Right. Kind of tucked away in the uh, rail district. Right. So I remember taking my kids there shortly after you guys opened to your first location. We were there. We were part of it. It was a great, great thing. And from there, 2006, one location in Birmingham. Today, how many locations? We have 114 locations in North America. I mean, that's unbelievable. That's that's the, that's the great story right there. It's unbelievable. And you did that growth largely through the franchise model, right, Chris? That's correct. Yeah. So we have one company on location, my wife and I own, and the rest are through the franchise model. Incredible. And so that just demonstrates, you know, with franchising, you get one location up and rolling, prove the model, and then you can grow by having others make an investment and having the rights to execute that business model with your brand, et cetera, under your charter through the franchise licensing arrangement. And your company grows. You guys get a cut off of every one of those locations. And it's just amazing. It's a great story. And when we talked about a year and a half ago, where were you in terms of that growth trajectory in terms of locations? Can you, you remember back? Gosh, yeah. If we were about a year and a half ago, we were closer to about 85 locations at that time. And so we've been growing at a clip of 20 to 25 per year. And very lucky, you know, a lot of our growth has been through our existing franchisees adding more locations, you know, a part of their brand um, that they're building within under the Goldfish umbrella. Sure. And so remind everyone out there listening, the Goldfish Swim School offering to consumers is what? So what Goldfish Swim School is, it's an infant child learn to swim facility. So we have shallow pools, four feet deep, water, 90 degrees. And the science of swim play is how we teach our children how to swim. So first and foremost, it's around play. So we want kids to have fun when they come in, but it's basically building from the building blocks and the foundation of safety. So it's all safety related at the beginning for all these kids to get comfortable and competent. And then we start building the four competitive strokes, freestyle, backstroke, breaststroke, butterfly, and get these kids onto a swim team if that's what they want to aspire to. But it really is it's first and foremost around the safety uh, in and around the water. Yeah, and that's a great approach because, you know, kids have an inherent fear. People have an inherent fear of getting in water, going underwater, et cetera, et cetera. And so making it fun, making it playful. I love the fact you guys warm up the water. You know, uh, that that's a great idea as well. It makes it the, the kind of thing where you want to be part of it. And And I remember my kids... I think we had them up in northern Michigan at a lake uh, somewhere. And we said, come on, come in and go swimming. You know, they didn't want to do They weren't entirely comfortable. They might have tiptoed in. But then when we took them to your place, just as you're saying, it looked fun, inviting, and they were in and, and off and running, uh, you know, uh, all the way, right away. It played out exactly the way you'd hope that it would. 
and uh, it was a great thing. So yeah, and Jeff, that's our goal. Is ultimately is yes, yeah, so they're going to go to a, a lake or to an ocean or to a different pool, right? They learn to swim in, in a very nice controlled environment. But the goal would be to then, when they come in, there's a lot of repetition. And so that if they do happen to get involved in something like falling off the dock or getting um, you know, scared or swooped away by a wave, instinct will hopefully kick in. So if they need to float on their back or if they need to get themselves to the steps or to a ladder to get out onto a dock, that instinct is hopefully within them to allow them to have a greater chance of survival. Well, that's beautiful. And having that skill of being able to swim, and a lot of people take it for granted. You know, They think either it comes naturally or we all possess it or we're all going to learn it. It's not the case. And for those that do, you know, and certainly for the comfort level and peace of mind that parents have, teaching your kids how to swim or giving them the opportunity to learn to swim is just mission critical, fundamental in life. You know, it gives, gives them wings, so to speak. It does. You think about it. Anytime you go on vacation, right, you're going to probably be around a body of water, whether it's a lake, an ocean, a backyard pool, whatever it may be. We've talked to so many parents that want to get their kids involved in swimming because they either have a backyard pool, they went had their son or daughter go to a pool party and the kid couldn't swim because they were scared because they had never learned to swim before or they had to wear a life jacket. So it's a lot of inclusion. You you can swim and be involved in water sports your entire life, right? It's not something that you have to get do with a team or a group of people. You can do it individually. And so having that love or that confidence of the water is critical for everybody. Yeah, it really is. And you chose the franchising path to grow the company as opposed to opening corporate stores. How did you make that decision? Yeah. So early on, we had thought, let's open up a handful of company-owned locations and call it a day. We thought we might expand throughout the state of Michigan and we would be okay with that. However, we were approached by a group that's still involved in goldfish and growing that wanted to be a part of the brand and, and thought this is a great business model. And so we went through a couple of rounds of, of putting a partnership together, but finally came to him and said, hey, if we get legal to franchise, would you be our first franchisee utilizing our systems and our brand and, and, and trademarks? He said, absolutely. So we kind of almost fell into it somewhat. Back in 2009, opened our first location in Farmington Hills, Michigan. And really the rest was history. We started spending so much time and energy and money on building the franchise model that we felt like we would just continue going that way versus muddy the waters and, and you know try to do two different lines of business early on, which we felt was going to be a, a big thing to, over, to overcome. And we don't want to mess with that. Yeah. And, you know, by following the franchise model, it's incumbent upon the franchisee, the person or persons getting the rights to operate a business under your brand. They make an investment the more substantial part of the early investment and you get, Correct. you know, a cut of the top side, but uh, of the returns, but a smaller piece, but you take less risk. Uh, you don't have to come up with all that cash to start the, you know, the other locations and so on and so on. You grow faster. Now the downside to some of that though, is you entrust your brand and your model in the hands of the franchisees who get those licenses. So you have to be very careful about how you pick who you pick to be part of that and be very selective, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, you know, the franchisee is going to reap the majority of the reward when it comes down to the yep. profits of a location, right? Yep. So yep. we get a royalty on the top line, but if franchisees don't do well and they don't bring money to the bottom line and, and run a healthy organization, they won't continue to expand. So, right, we, we focus and care about both. But yeah, at the end of the day, we have to go through a courtship process with the franchisees that is very intense. It takes time because we hope that when we officially sign, what everybody has said to each other during that courtship phase is true. So that when they do take the brand and the trademarks and the, the operations manual, they will run the business like we desire them to do so. 
Yeah. So yeah, it's, it takes time to bring the right people on board. Really critical. And as a franchise, or in this case, you and your team at the headquarters of Goldfish Swim School have to be not only careful with who you pick, but make sure you've got really tight processes that, that they can follow, kind of a formulaic, a systematic approach to running, operating, and growing their location, their business location or locations that they've licensed as franchisees. So really amazing, great success story to share. Now we're going to go to a break, Chris, when we come back, I want to hear, you know, I think of certain companies and certain businesses that really just inherently have a lot of trouble getting through the pandemic. It would seem to me that your business would be one of those. But oh, no, we're going to hear the real story when we come back on Startup Nation Radio. Stick with us. Welcome back to Startup Nation Radio. Today focused on checking back in with an entrepreneur we talked to uh, roughly a year and a half ago or so, December of 2019. And by the way, right before the pandemic hit and this guy and his team, boy, they're rolling. And you would think it'd be a year over 2020 and into 2021 that would be really, really defined by struggle. But this is actually a year defined by growth for Chris McQuiston and his team at Goldfish Swim School. Chris, is that true? You grew by 25 locations during the pandemic? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was true. Surprisingly, the pandemic was not good to us. We didn't think we had a lot of chinks in our armor. Then obviously COVID hit and we found out real quick that we did. And so we had schools closed from three months to five months. We still have schools that are under various restrictions. But absolutely, we, we signed 19 agreements in 2020. And we also just recently signed a 19 unit deal for three states uh, throughout the country. So I think what people are seeing is this is, again, an industry that you have a little recession resistance. You have a need, a requirement. Parents always want their children to learn how to swim and be comfortable sure. in the water. So it's something yep. that's not going away, right? Yep. You can't sell it online. You can't manufacture it overseas. You have to physically go there. And, not, and us as parents, I'll speak from myself. I can't teach my kids how to swim. They won't listen to me, but they'll listen to a teacher mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's trained. Okay, so it begs the obvious question. On the one hand, you saw growth, meaning you sold franchise opportunities to new entrepreneurs who wanted to come on board and be part of the Goldfish Swim School family, if you will. And yet the stores were closed. I mean, people couldn't come in, the kids couldn't take the lessons. And of course, you weren't the, the franchisees weren't being paid, nor was then the trickle down going to the, you know, that the franchise or level, your level. How do you survive something like that? So I think a couple of things happened. One, our franchisees were very financially stable and secure. So we had well-capitalized franchisees. We had PPP loans that came out, mm-hmm. EIDL loans that came out. And I think there's a testament too between the strength and, and just the tenacity between us as the franchisor and the franchisees to get through this and do the right things, right? Cost-cutting measures, working with the banks, with the landlords, with other debtors. How can you provide some relief? Like we knew that we, we saw a future for this business. So we're going to fight tooth and nail to get through it. We made some sacrifices. We had some cutbacks. But at the end of the day, I think people realize that, okay, with the strength of this brand and the strength of the, the smart people that we have a part of it, let's help each other out and get through it and find ways to, to make sure we get out the other end. You know, that's amazing. And I'll, I'll tell you something that I don't know. I mean, you probably know this intuitively and inherently and through other communication and relationships you have there throughout your family of now franchise locations. But I will tell you that I was visited by a young entrepreneur who I have a lot of respect for and admiration for. He, w- he was in my office and we were talking about, you know, what are you doing these days? This is maybe, I don't know, four months ago, during the Christmas holiday this year. So he told me what he's doing. He told me that the company was Goldfish Swim School. He's a franchisee. He's got several locations under development and I think some in operation already. 
And he sang the praises of your organization and how you guys have stood behind him, how you've helped them through all this. I mean, he loves your company. He loves the brand. And you could see it. It just, you know, it just came pouring out of him. And when you've got, you know, you can you can do a checkbox kind of thing where, you know, does this franchisee candidate have, as you said, the wherewithal to weather storms financially and so on and get through tough times? Does the franchisee, you know, uh, have the capability, the experience, the track record, all those things on the checkbox? But I'll tell you, it went beyond that with him. And it really struck me because there's no checkbox for, you know, the level of love and passion that one feels for the parent company. And in this case, he certainly had it. And I have to tell you, you know, he was talking about how they were getting through the pandemic and how they were fighting through it and struggling through it and how much they knew on the other end they were going to be beneficiaries of being part of Goldfish Swim School and as a franchisee and so on. And I wanted to share that with you. It was just a really striking story. You don't hear that kind of thing every day. He loves your company and that's good for you. You set that tone at the top, Chris, you and the team. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. It's, you know, at the end of the day, we're not perfect, right? We, we can't visit every location, call every location as frequently as we want to. But at the end of the day, our goal is we bring strong, smart, passionate people in that care about the ultimate goal, you know, which is saving children's lives. And, and then at the, you know, we're here to help our franchisees be successful and you know, do the job of saving lives, but also run a successful business and be proud of it, right? And hopefully have the people that they employ and the teachers that teach and the parents come with the kids be satisfied that they're proud to come in and, and take part in the Learn to Swim lessons. Absolutely. And you know, really for you and your brand, the touch point is the franchisee. They are the ones carrying your brand and being the ambassadors for your brand to the marketplace. Other than the single location that you guys execute, you know, in Birmingham, the rest of it depends on those franchisees carrying the torch and being the keepers of the brand and being the interface between the company and the public, the consuming public that uses the services. So uh, picking those franchisees could not be more important in this case. I'll just tell you the gentleman's name is Jake. I won't go over He's not Jake from State Farm. This is Jake from uh, Goldfish Swim School. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, the real Jake from Goldfish Swim School. The real deal. He's amazing. So that's great. Let me ask you this, you know, taking a look back on a year and a half and the amazing success you've had in not only getting through the pandemic, but seeing the growth you have through the pandemic. We're probably going to tap you again, Chris, maybe a year and a half from now, a year from now and see where you're headed. Look into your crystal ball. Give us kind of where you go from here. Sure. So, you know, in five years, our desire is to be at 250 locations. We're at 114 right now in North America. If we can get to about 25 locations annually, that's going to be one of our sweet spots. Because I think if we grow too fast, we're not going to be able to support our franchisees the way that we want to. And at the end of the day, our growth is going to be based on franchisees that are financially successful, operationally, et cetera. And they're doing their job, right? Because they are not going to expand. They're not going to grow, which is the majority of our growth right now unless they see the support from us and they see the results within their four walls. Did the pandemic force any change in your business plan? I mean, obviously lots of, you know, uh, safety changes and other things that are obvious, but in terms of the business model itself, any changes? No, I think what it has done is, and, you know, I think we were all taking it a little bit for granted because a lot of our locations were just humming along, right? Which is kind of, you wake up and you go through the routine, you, you wake up and you do it again. Yep. So what it's allowed us to do is take a pause to sit back and go, okay, financially, operationally, marketing, construction, what are we doing that we can kind of trim the fat? What's wasteful? What doesn't need to take, you know, take place and be a part of our operations anymore? I think we are much more operationally efficient all over the board. And so we can run schools with less enrolled because we're still growing back and we have locations that are still restricted by occupancy requirements. So we can run operationally successful facilities with less people. And so as we think about that now, and as we think about purchasing decisions and, and how do we staff and how do we structure, 
we're just much more organized. We're well thought out. And I think it's been very it's systemized us even more than what we were previously. Yeah. And you, you touched on something that I find really interesting, you know, with the benefit of PPP funding and EIDL funding and so on from the federal government and other sources of funding that may be available to other may have been available to others and taken advantage of. You mentioned this idea of kind of, you know, we just took a pause and we, we stepped out of our routine. We stepped out of our paradigm, you know, a kind of our legacy way of doing things or just our traditional way of doing things. And we, we stepped aside and took a look at it. And I think a lot of companies, believe it or not, you know, got some benefit if you will, from all of this in the sense of being able to do just that, you know, retool. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's retooling. I don't want to go through it again. No, no, There's right. a lot of silver linings, obviously. <laughs> right. We've got that base um, covered now. Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of silver linings that have come out of this for the positive, both in business and personally. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a lot of us to kind of sit there and go, okay, let's rethink the way that we want to be. And if we're going to continue to scale and do it as efficiently as we can, what things need to go and what, what do we need to, to implement? Absolutely. Well, Chris, you're one of the great success stories with Roots right here in the state of Michigan, Southeast Michigan specifically. And we're proud of you. We're thrilled to have you here. And uh, what, a, what a great story now over 100 locations and, and still growing. And it's just thrilling. It really is. It's a great example. You know, we do the Startup Nation radio show to get people informed, but we also do it to get people inspired. Stop dreaming, start doing. You can do it. And you've just <laughs> demonstrated all of that. And we, we're appreciative, Chris, for you sharing your story and much success to you. Well, Jeff, thank you. I appreciate you allowing me to share the story. And thank you for having me on today. All right. Back with more on Startup Nation Radio right after this break. Welcome back to Startup Nation Radio. Well, we're going to do something fun right now. We're going to check back on a company that we had a chance to learn about. I don't know, it was an interview roughly about a year ago. And this is a really, really cool company. The two ladies that have gotten together to take this company and its products to market and are really making great headway. And we thought it'd be fun to check back in and see what that headway is what the momentum is, what the progress is since we last talked, and uh, to follow their story along. It's a good one. So with no further ado, let's get Laurel Orley and Diane Orley onto the show right now. You guys are co-founders of Daily Crunch Snacks. Ladies, welcome to Startup Nation Radio. Thank you. Nice to be here. Thank you for having us back. Well, it's good to have you back. And what's really cool about it is that we're going to get a chance to kind of look back on the interview we did before and talk about the progress you guys have made from that point to this one. First, let's take a little trip back in time. Do you recall the interview that we did and where we were? That was um, roughly June of 2020, so not quite a year. But we were learning about your new product, your entry into the marketplace with it, and kind of your look forward, your kind of perspective on where it was all going to go and how you were going to make it happen. And so tell us, just generally, how's it gone? Are you meeting with the success path you hoped you would? Yeah. So, Jeff, when we spoke in June, we just launched. It was the onset of this pandemic. And as we told you, all the trade shows were canceled. All the grocery stores were not allowing new products in. And we really had to shift our strategy starting in June of like, all right, the way we thought it was going to work is not going to work. And we really need to rethink our launch strategy because retailers are not letting us in. So we kind of took that approach and we launched on Amazon in June, which has been doing really well for us. And that's just a way to get awareness across the United States. 
But um, it really wasn't until September that we won the Good Housekeeping Best Snack Award. And this really catapulted us to getting that confidence of, you know what, we just got one of the biggest. That's huge. Yeah, that, that's incredible. Tell us too, uh, you know, and I, I want you to continue to tell us something about your progress. But tell us about the product, just for those who are maybe learning about it for the first time. Let's make sure we put everything in context. Tell us about the product. Yeah, so Daily Crunch Snacks is a sprouted nut snack company. And what we do is we put our nuts through a signature four-day process, which results in a sprouted and just more and dehydrated nuts that make them more nutrient-dense, easier to digest, and crunchier than raw or roasted nuts. So think of a bare apple chip. It's just a sliced apple that goes in a dehydrator. Wear that to almonds. We put these almonds through a four-day process that makes them lighter, airier, crunchier, and really puts them in that snack category. Actually, I have to admit that when I first did the interview with you guys in, back in June, I'd actually never heard of this before. I mean, I didn't even know that this existed in the nut category, you know, the snack category. Yeah, A lot of people haven't. It's yeah. amazing. You know, and it's since then I've tried it. It's actually an amazing, amazing product and, and a good for you product and all those things that really make it, you know, have a real place in the world as opposed to just a quick hitting novelty. OK, so let's pick it up. You, you've won this amazing award and you've got some wind in your sails. You've got some real credibility and validation. And here you go. This was September, right? Yeah, this is September. Good housekeeping. We got on a call with uh, this woman at Hearst. We didn't know exactly what her relationship was with Good Housekeeping. We had an hour-long call with her. She said, I'm the registered dietitian for Good Housekeeping. I'm finalizing Best of Snacks for 2020, and you are in. And we were like, oh my gosh. And then um, when the article came out, it's she said, Sprouted Snacks, we're calling it, are the, going to be the next big thing. And we use the Good Housekeeping seal on the packaging of the flavor that won. And the flavor that won was the plain sprouted almonds. And it gave us that confidence. And Diane's always had this confidence from like day one. But, you know, launching during a pandemic, you know, you're kind of like, oh my gosh, where are we going? But it gave us that, you know, all of us that confidence of like, we just got the Good Housekeeping Best Snack Award. Like, all right, there's a pandemic, but we can do this. Let's figure out a way. So we started speaking to some snack buyers at grocery stores, and it wasn't until we sent samples to the Meyer mm -hmm. head buyer, and he said, I want to get on a call with you. And we got on a call. We told him our story. He tried the product, and he was the first retailer to believe in us, where he said, we're going to bring you into Meyer and in 150 stores, and you're going to wow. be launched in mid-April. Wow. That's, that's, I mean, boy, between getting yeah. that award and getting that order, talk about validation. There's some serious validation and, and confidence building. Like you said, you know, and you guys were relatively new to this, right? I mean, you haven't done this 10 times before. You're pioneering every day. You're figuring it out, right? Well, Laurel has a background in marketing and branding, and I've been doing this. I've been making these nuts for 18 years out of my house. So, it, you know, we turned a, a hobby into a business with Laurel's expertise. She approached me two years ago to take this, you know, she kept coming back to this nut that she loved and her family loved, and she wanted to get back into the workforce. So yeah, we launched in March of 20. Well, you certainly have proven that you're capable, that's for sure. And I, and I didn't mean to suggest, you know, and that, that, that all of this was new to you, but I, you know, you guys haven't had a food product in Myers before, right? 
Oh, no. <laughs> right. That is a whole different thing. And, and it's rare. You know, this is not the kind of thing that happens. You know, so many people come up with this snack or this food product or this novelty, whatever it may be. And good idea. Interesting. Could go somewhere, but just doesn't. It's so hard to get over each of the hurdles to end up in retail like that at a major brand retailer. So that's really an, an incredible, incredible story. And so you're in the process, you're in the midst of all of that right now. Have you filled the orders yet? Or, you know, where are you in terms of the uh, filling that order for Myers? We are going to be in the better for you healthy snacking category with brands like Bienna, Bada Bean, Bada Boon, all of our favorite snacks. And they're taking in our cacao plus sea salt sprouted almonds, our cherry berry sprouted almonds, cashews and walnuts and our plain spreaded almonds, which won the Good Housekeeping Award. So that's all gonna be in this better health section. The shipment all went out, you know, that kind of nerve wracking light, you have to ship it out at a certain date, it has to get there by eight, but we've passed that hurdle. And then last minute after that went out, they said the buyer who's just been amazing. And Jeff, the reason also why Meyer is so great for this is we are a Michigan-based brand and and Meyer Mm -hmm. is also a Michigan-based company. Right. it just kind of couldn't be. It just fits. It's meant to be. It's meant to be. <laughs> and uh, I just, you know, there's no other retailer that we'd rather launch with. Just It just makes so much sense. But they're also going to have our mini bags in the checkout lanes. So we have these small grab and goes and those will be in the checkout lanes. And that was like a, a nice little bonus. It just, Meyer is, is the gift that keeps on giving. It's I'm like, sure. oh my God. Sure. So we're, we're really excited. We're going to be launching next week in April in 150 of their stores. And it's a really big deal for us. I think it's all these retailers are like, oh, we love you, but where's your data story? And for Meyer, they took a chance on us. So we really respect that. And it's really important that we do well there. Now, prior to getting into Meyer, were you selling online only or was it some small local stores? You know, it was that kind of thing, right? Well, we've grown really fast. We are in 300 plus independent and natural food stores across the country, as well as Urban Outfitters, many places in Michigan, Plum Market, Papa Joe's, Holiday. We're all over the place and we have a big presence on Amazon. Now we're growing fast and and Myers, our first of many grocery store chains. Sure. That's the, that's the next major step. So as I break this down, you've got a product from someone who understands the product has proven they can produce the product in a way that's, you know, uh, meets the market demand, tastes good, meets all the expectations and so on and so on. You've proven you can make a great product. You've proven that you can get it branded and and packaged and into the market through these various other stores that you'd been selling to and through prior to getting the Myers deal. And now you've proven you can get a big retailer on board. And that's really, you know, those are some major steps along the trajectory, the success trajectory for, for a major product like this. Now, there's some steps yet to come. We've got to get it into the stores. We've got to get that sell through. We've got to get customers buying it and wanting it. And you've got to get the stores reordering it and all those kinds of challenges that are yet ahead. When we come back after this break, I want to pick it up kind of where the story is right now with product being loaded onto the Myers shelves and about to hit, uh, you know, to be in front of the consumer buying public and, and how we're going to take it from here the rest of the way. So, ladies, we're going to come right back after this break and we'll pick it up right there. Okay? Okay. All right. Back again in a minute on Startup Nation Radio. Welcome back to Startup Nation Radio. What a great success story we're learning about today. Actually, it's our second opportunity to interview the ladies behind uh, this incredible product, Daily Crunch Snacks. 
is the name of the company, but it's a sprouted almond product, uh, sprouted nuts, actually, of a variety of different kinds. And it's got health benefits. It tastes great. It's a cool snack that parents can feel good about their kids eating, feel good about themselves eating. And it's just appealing all the way around. The founders are great. And now here you are, Laurel and Diane, you're in Myers of all things. You're in Myers. Unbelievable. The dream come true. But now we got to get the product to sell. You know, we want that sell through. We want the uh, reorder from Myers. And it's not good enough just to get the order. We want that reorder. And by the way, we'll take 10 of those reorders. Ladies, this, so this is the hard part now. We got to create the awareness. You've got a couple of seconds to get people's attention in the stores. How are we going to do it? Yeah, so it's been so hard getting to this point. But now the hard part really starts. Yes. What we are doing with Meyer is we're doing an everyday low price where on Amazon and on our website and a lot of the stores, our price point is about $7.99 for a five ounce bag. And we've been able to work with Meyer that we're going to have an everyday low price with our five ounce bag, our pantry size bag of $5.99. All right. So you're doing this promotion and, and that uh, creates uh, you know awareness and it creates an additional incentive for people to take a close look and hopefully buy the product. Tell us how that happens. You're working with a distributor? Yeah, so we work with the largest natural products retail distributor called Kehi. And they actually have a program called the Elevate Program for startup brands just like us, where it's a two-year program and they really just work with us to help us grow. So Meyer pulls a lot of their products through Kehi, the distributor, and a lot of the promotions and we're able to do this everyday low price because of the relationship between Kehi and Meyer. Okay. So you've got the promotion going on. Where are you in the store? Uh, you know, you're just in kind of mid aisle kind of, is that where you expected to be? Are you on the end possibly, or, you know, where are you going to be? See Where's the product going to be seen? There is a better for you snacking section. Okay. It's more, you know, premium priced products like Vienna, yep. Bean, Laboon, yep. all those type of snacks that are healthier for you. So we're in that section. I don't know where that section is going to be, like what aisle, but it should be right past the nut aisle in most of the Meyer stores. Okay, so so you'll have good presence. You'll be where you should be and where people can find you, where they expect you to be, and they find the product. And then from there, is it down to really just capturing them by the packaging, or what's the call to action? The you know, hey, look at us, hey, try us, kind of you know, call out to get their attention as they walk down that aisleway. I mean, we're going to be doing a lot of things outside the store where we're working with a lot of influencers. We're going to be doing a lot of giveaway programs to drive people to retail. What's also great is, you know, it's all about the frequency play too. So the fact that we're also at the checkout lanes, it gives consumers that journey where they yep. see maybe in the snacking category aisle, they think about, oh, it looks good. I don't know. And then they see our grab and go at the checkout aisle. And that's a great way to drive trial. Um, so the fact that we're going to be in two different locations in all the stores is a big deal. That's strong. Yep, I can see it at the checkout aisle. That's great. You know, and I love the the idea that you're not relying on just the walk by trying to grab a, you know someone's attention and and have them inquire about the the you know in, at least in their own minds anyway. You know, take a look at the product, look at the packaging, pick it up, etc. Consider it. But you're going to drive them into the store to actually buy the product. It's available at Myers. Go into Myers and get our product. Where will the messaging take place? Where are you guys relying? Are you using social media? Where? Where do I hear about the product to drive me into the store to buy it? Yeah, so we are going to be doing a lot of geo-targeted advertising. 
So we are working with our digital advertising. You know, I came from advertising. I worked on brands like the Dove Campaign for Real Beauty, Hellman's Mayonnaise, where we are planning our advertising one year in advance. So we know that we can't just get on shelves and people are going to magically buy us. We have to build a whole launch strategy around our product. I mean, and at the end of the day, even though we're in 300 stores, people still don't know who we are. So we're doing a whole geo-targeting. And what geo-targeting is, is where people who live in the Michigan area or near those stores will receive the Daily Crunch ads that we're in Mire. And when you say receive, is that on social media? Is that what you're talking about? Correct. Yeah, that's the channel. Okay. We are also going to be doing a lot of in-store promotions during certain times of the year. I think we're doing a whole back-to-school promotion. So there are going to be very tailored in-store programs and promotions throughout the year. But as far as outside, we are working on PR. So obviously, you know, this is great PR for us, but we're also going to be doing some other PR in Michigan to make the announcement that we're in Meyer and tell people our story about who we are. And we're working with a lot of mom influencers. So moms with young kids are one of our targets. And we're working with a lot of Michigan-based mom influencers who are going to be going to Meyer, going down that aisle and talking about us and sure. doing some giveaways with their followers who are all based in Michigan. So a lot is going to be through digital and, and you know, this is our launch and we're just going to see how that goes, but keep it going. Yeah. You know what I, I love too about the product? There's a lot of opportunity, a, a kind of the intrigue of the product itself, you know, because it's a, it's a what? It's a sprouted nut. You know, I mean, it's intriguing. It's interesting. I mean, first of all, the fact that it's a nut as, as opposed to a sprouted potato chip, you know, it's got a, a ring of, you know, something healthy associated with it. And certainly the term sprout or sprouted has that same connotation. And so you put those two things together and any mom who wants to satisfy and scratch the itch of the snack request by the kids, you can feel good as a mom about giving your kids this product and they love it. You can feel good about it as a parent, and I think that's really going to work. It's intriguing. It's an interesting product. You want to try it just because it, it sounds interesting. It's compelling, right? We think so. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I I think it is. I do want to just bring up our mental health Please. component yep. because we really feel like physical and mental health go hand in hand. And I lost a child to suicide oh. uh, seven and a half years ago. Oh, yep. Sorry. But it's, um, Thank you. So I do what I can to help other families and kids mm. who are struggling. And these days, it's really an epidemic. And we've got to help these kids. And they're really struggling. That is so, so anyway, of you guys. Uh, thanks. Yeah. Um, no, so there's this um, on college campuses called the Support Network. And each campus, the Wolverine Support Network at the University of Michigan, the Bearcat Support Network and University of Cincinnati. So we're going around the country and trying to put together these peer-to-peer -peer support networks that where kids meet in groups and share their good, bad, and ugly and mm. get their raw emotions out in a safe place. And uh, so we're part of our proceeds are going back to that. So, you know, that's yeah. beautiful on its own merit, of course, for all the obvious reasons. But it's also something that, you know, in today's world coming off the pandemic, I know that consumers' view of brands is that they actually want to do business with brands that take a meaningful social stand or make a contribution yeah. in some yeah. meaningful way yeah. to society exactly. and yeah. and where those values match up and who can argue with you know what you guys are doing that's just an added little brand loyalty brand attractor it's a powerful yeah. thing and and I know it's you're doing it out of the goodness of your heart obviously but but it also yeah. is just good business and when the two can you can achieve both at the same time yes. that's just yeah. smart 
It's just really smart. Now, listen, we've only got about a minute left, and, and I love that, by the way. I applaud you for all of that. I want to understand you're not relying on Myers exclusively, obviously, although we want that to be the, the bellwether, the real story. But there's others that are interested in your product. Have you guys made inroads into other retailers as well? Yeah, so we are going to be in 500 CVS stores. They have a healthy hub section in the front of their stores. We're launching there in May, and we also are launching in Urban Outfitters, which I know some people are like, Urban Outfitters, they sell snacks. Well, we are part of their snack set, which we're so excited about. And there's a lot of things in the oven, so we hope that some of them come to fruition later this year. But those are the big launches we have, and we just moved our bags to recycled packaging, which we're really proud of. And we actually just announced that we are only sourcing our almonds from Bee Friendly Farms. So we just have a lot going on, and we're really excited to launch nationally and kick it off with Meyer. And we're female-founded. And you're female founders. You've got so many things going for you. You really do. <laughs> you're a company of the moment. You really are the right company <laughs> at the right moment in every way, really. And the two Thank of you, you clearly know your stuff and know where you're going with all this. There's no question. There's a sense of confidence conveyed and a real true vision and a know-how that is the reason why you're in CVS and why you're in Myers and why you're making the uh, progress that you are. Laurel, Orly, Diane, Orly, co-founders of Daily Crunch Snacks. It's a great story and you have come a long way in the last nine months or so. And I know the best is yet to come and we want to check back with you guys again, maybe regularly, maybe every six months or so. What do you guys think? We would love that. Love it. <laughs> All right. Now, the only thing incumbent upon you is if we're going to check back with you in six months, we want bigger and bigger and bigger stories, guys. You got to bring <laughs> oh, the story. You'll get them. You'll get them. The pressure is on. The, the pressure is on. on. I'm not worried about <laughs> you guys at all. Congratulations on your success. We'll talk to you in, hey, about another six months or so. Laura, let's give them a discount code for our listeners. Oh, that's amazing. And let, yes, please. We're offering for Startup Nation $10 off your first order on dailycrunchsnacks.com when you use the discount code STARTUPNATION, all one word. Beautiful. Wow. That is the best ending to an interview we've ever done. We're in. <laughs> We're in. All right, Startup Nation community, let's step up and support these incredible ladies in the business that they are really on a roll with. Daily Crunch Snacks. Thank you, ladies. Back again next week with more on Startup Nation Radio. The preceding program was furnished by Startup Nation Media Group.